you for listening in on Tent of Testimonies podcast. This is the official podcast of the Tent of Testimonies International under the leadership of Prophet Dr. Fred Akama and Senior Pastor Maureen Akama. As you listen to this and other amazing sound biblical teachings, our aim is to equip you with the Word of God so that you can grow into an effective believer. In today's podcast, we do believe that you will be imparted with the knowledge of God, spiritual truths, and kingdom principles that will positively affect your spiritual life. Be blessed as you listen, and may you come back with a great testimony. So uh, this coming week is our third week, talking about one subject, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. We are doing well. But the Bible says Paul spent two years in one place teaching. He spent two years teaching in the synagogue. When they threw him out of the synagogue, he started his own church, his own place, and started teaching. They used to call them schools those days. Started a school. I want to do a school of the prophets. Can I do a school of prophets? Where people are coming up in prophecy, you can teach them. True? So that they don't make mistakes and hurt people. Say baptism in the Holy Ghost. Baptism in the Holy Ghost. The word baptism, to baptize, means to immerse. To baptize means? It comes from the Latin word baptizo, meaning to completely submerge. The people who translated the Bible in those days, they never used to. They had already stopped submerging people. They used to sprinkle small, small water on you. That's why they said they didn't translate the word baptize because they didn't want to embarrass the king. Because it was, they were sprinkling people, if they had said a mass, it would have gone against what was done to the king and they didn't want to die. So they just transliterated the word to say baptize. Baptized. But the word baptize means to immerse. To do what? To immerse. So if somebody says, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they are not immersing you, they are not baptizing. They are doing something else, but they are not. The baptize, to baptize means to do what? To completely submerge, to immerse. That's why Israeli preacher says, Kubaptizwa kwa maji mengi. Kwa maji? Many waters. <laughs> So he said, and he continued there a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. So Paul went to one place and taught one year and six months. That's we've only done three weeks. Just like the word tithe means. What does the word tithe mean? A tenth. So you cannot, you cannot take one fifth. Or one, one over 100 of your money and say, I am tithing. You are not tithing, you are doing something else. Because tithe means a tenth. Baptism in the Holy Ghost is evidenced by speaking in tongues. Tongues 
It's not baptism in the Holy Ghost, but it's the evidence that the Holy Ghost has baptized you. That you're now immersed inside the Holy Spirit. Why must you be immersed inside the Holy Spirit? Because when you are born again, you have a measure of the Holy Ghost. You cannot be born again without the activity of the Holy Spirit in your life. Is that okay? But after being born again, there's a distinct and separate experience that somebody has when they are now immersed inside the Holy Spirit. Or baptized in the Holy Spirit. One of the functions of Jesus, one of the mandates that Jesus was given was to baptize people in the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist says, I baptize you in water, but the one who is coming after me, he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. So Jesus has a mandate to baptize people in the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3.11 said, Indeed, I baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So it is Jesus Christ who baptizes people in the Holy Spirit. It is not the preacher. Am I okay? It is not the preacher who baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. It is possible to be born again and not be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit in you, but you're not immersed in him. Is that okay? And majority of Christians are like this. They are born again. They will go to heaven because you go to heaven by being born again, not by being baptized in the Holy Ghost. They will go to heaven when, uh, if Jesus, when Jesus comes or if they pass on. But they're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. You don't get the biggest hindrance to the baptism of the Holy Spirit is religious teaching. Is what? It's religious teaching. One school of religious teaching says you get the Holy Spirit when you get born again, which is not really true. You don't get, but there are people who teach. And say, ah, when you got born again, you got baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is not true. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is a second and a distinct experience that every believer can have. But it is not the same as being born again. You have to be born again before you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. You cannot be baptized in the Holy Spirit without being born again. But it is possible to be born again and not be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean you will not go to heaven. You will go to heaven because the blood of Jesus is also speaking for you if you are born again. But it means on the earth, you will not be very effective. So in the baptism, in teaching about baptism of the Holy Spirit, we must show that it is a distinct and separate experience from being born again. The Holy Spirit, baptism in the Holy Spirit is what gives you the power, one, to be able to live the Christian life, and number two, to be able to be effective for God in the work of God. 
Jesus, even though he was God, did not do any work until he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Jesus did not do anything for God until he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. He waited 30 years until the Holy Spirit came upon him. Why? Because he needed power. He needed what? He needed what? Now, this is a very important teaching. I don't want you to be distracted. Is that okay? I want your mind here. Or should I do this next week? When you are fresh? I want your mind here. If Jesus, who is God, needed the Holy Spirit, you also need the Holy Spirit. Say so here. They are here. Jesus did not do any work of God until the Holy Spirit came upon him, even though he was fully God. He waited for the Holy Spirit. Jesus also told his disciples, he rose up and said he's born again. When they saw him, they knew, they believed in him. The Bible says, if you, con if you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and confess with your mouth that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be born, you'll be saved. The book of Romans. Is that okay? If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, one, and you confess that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You'll be born again. So the disciples that saw Jesus after he resurrected, they believed he was the Son of God. Is that okay? Is that okay? And they could see he had risen from the dead. Is that okay? So they were born again. But even in their born again state, Jesus told them, first of all, don't do anything. Go to the Jerusalem and wait. Go and do what? And wait. Why? There's another experience you need to have so that you become effective for God in the work of ministry. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So Jesus saw his disciples and they were born again because he had died and resurrected. But he said, don't do anything. First go to Jerusalem and wait. He says, you shall be endued with power. Say, so wait until you are baptized in power. Behold, Luke 24, 49. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So Jesus understood that without the Holy Spirit, these people will be ineffective for him, even though they are born again. The work of God can only be done through the power of the Holy Spirit. It is not by might. It is not by power, it is by the Spirit of the Lord. Tonight you're receiving power. Tonight you'll be endued with power. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the book of Acts chapter 8. The Bible says Philip went to Samaria and preached and a lot of people. Philip was an evangelist. He went to Samaria and preached and a lot of people came to the Lord. Then Peter and uh, James were sent from Jerusalem and they went to Samaria and they started laying hands on people so that they'll be filled with the Holy Ghost. 
Acts 8, 5 says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes to one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Verse 9. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery. I want, to see, I want you to put where Peter and, and uh, James were sent there. They laid hands on the people and the people received the Holy Spirit. So Philip preached to them. They got born again. But elders were sent from Jerusalem with one specific purpose. To lay hands on people so that they can receive the Holy Spirit. What am I trying to show? That being born again is not the same as being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I am doing this because a lot of people here have been taught that. You have been taught that the day you got born again, you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's not true. And this is in no way trying to belittle being born again. Being born again is the greatest miracle ever. But there's an experience you need to have with the Holy Ghost that will make you powerful and effective for Christ. They're here. He said, then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Acts 8, 17. The Apostle Paul went to Turkey and he met some 12 disciples and he said, since you are born again, since you are... Have you received the Holy Spirit? Then they said, no, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit to be received, just like some of you here. Said, we didn't even know there was this Holy Spirit that people receive. Then he asked them, but which baptism are you baptized into? Say, we are baptized into the baptism of John. Then he baptized them into the body of Christ and laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Acts 19.2 says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they say to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, and to what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on, Jesus, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with the tongues and prophesied. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon someone, it is evidenced by speaking in tongues and prophecy. Am I talking? In the house of Cornelius, the angel came to Cornelius and said, go send for Peter. I'm paraphrasing so that you move faster. The angel came to Cornelius and said, go look for Peter in Joppa. And they brought Peter. And as Peter was preaching, the people were converted and the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And they immediately started speaking in tongues and prophesying. And these were Gentiles. So when they got born again, there was an experience that God gave them with the Holy Spirit, 
who came upon them and they started speaking in tongues and prophesying. How many would like to prophesy? The Holy Spirit will enable you to do what? To prophesy. The Bible says, I shall pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall see visions. Your young men shall prophesy. Your old men, they'll dream dreams. So one of the outcomes of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is you'll be able to prophesy. And to see visions. So salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, these are two different experiences. You have had one experience of being born again. You are born again and you have the Holy Spirit in you. But today we want to immerse you in the Holy Ghost. We want to immerse you in the Holy Spirit. We want to baptize you in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. The Bible says, as Peter was preaching, he didn't need to lay hands on anyone. When they listened to him, they believed. And when they believed, the Holy Ghost said, these people are now born again. Fill them in Jesus' name. <laughs> Acts 10 44 says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. These people of the circumcision, which means the Jews, they taught the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit came upon the Gentiles they said, God, God is also giving Then there are those who teach that things like speaking in tongues passed away. Disciples, now we have the Bible. We don't need things like speaking in tongues. We don't need things like prophecy. There are churches that teach this. It's also not true. There are people here who are taught in their church that there are nothing like miracles that there's nothing like speaking in tongues, that when the, disciples, when the apostles died, those things passed away with them. I know churches that teach this, and some of you came from there. First of all, I don't even need to convince you, we have just had people healed here, miraculously. Is that true? So if anybody tells you miracle passed away, they say, but that thing I've been seeing at you, what is it? If you allow yourself to be convinced that miracles passed away, and then you see a miracle here, how will you compute it in your head? They quote the scripture that says, if it is prophecy, it shall pass away. If it is this, it shall pass away. This is the book of Corinthians. Then Paul said, but I show you a more excellent way. Talking about love. So they said, no, 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 no. Now we have an excellent way. That way is love. So we don't need miracles. We don't need tongues. We don't need what? It is not true. It's a misinterpretation of the word. And because whole denominations have misinterpreted the word like this, they have missed out on miracles, they have missed out on tongues. The greatest hindrance to the move of God is not the devil. It is the doctrine of men. 
the greatest hindrance to the move of God is not even Satan. It is the doctrines of men. It is wrong teaching. 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says, Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. So they say people should not speak in tongues because the Bible says the tongues will cease. Question is when? We agree tongues will cease, but when will they cease? Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. So let me ask you. Anybody who says tongues have ceased, eh? Why do they miss out on the, the other sentence? Has knowledge vanished? Ah, the same verse says the tongues will cease and knowledge will vanish. So they tell you tongues have ceased, but they are conveniently forgetting knowledge has not vanished. We still have knowledge, is that true? In fact, the Bible says in the end of days, knowledge will increase, not vanish. So, so long as knowledge has not vanished, tongues have not vanished. Uh. Knowledge is still here. Tongues are still here. They will vanish when Jesus comes. We won't need them anymore. Because we shall now, we, we will know, we will know then. Right now we know in part. Then we will know completely. They are here. They are here. So, so long as Jesus has not come back, tongues are here. Knowledge is here. Prophecies are here. They are here. We have like this. I don't want you to fall asleep. I know it is very hot. We have, we have, we have around, we have around, we have around. Wakupe was ifa. I took Stand up, everybody. Let's worship him a bit.
glory to Jesus. I am tempted to end there and continue next week. Can I do that? Can I do that? This is very important. I want you to get it. And I don't want, I'm feeling it's extremely important. Let me push it a bit. Then I'll pray for people to be filled next week. Is that okay? Yes, so that people come when they're fresh. But I need to give you the information. So tongues have not vanished. They have not passed away because the second coming of Jesus has not been done yet. Is that okay? That's why knowledge also has not vanished away. So when you are filled with the Holy Spirit you receive certain benefits. I just teach about the benefits of speaking in tongues. Then next week we look at how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. To give you step by step direction of how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We'll call people here. We'll give them. You don't need anybody to lay hands on you. The reason you have not been speaking in tongues yet is because there's certain information you don't have. There's certain information you don't have. If you had this information, you realize it's very easy. Normally when you pray for people, everybody gets filled. Now that's another misconception. There are people who teach that tongues are for specific people that not everybody can be filled. So they get an to me, I'm not filled because I've not been given that gift. That one has been filled because they've been given that gift. This is also not true. Tongue is your father tongue. Say father tongue. Say prayer language. Say, it is my prayer language. It is my prayer language. The Bible says they were all in the upper room in one accord. And there came a sound like a rushing mighty wind. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And all of them started speaking in tongues. Not 50% of them. Not 25% of them. How many of them? All of them. So whoever was there was filled. And whoever was filled spoke in tongues. All of them. So you cannot say, ah, no, this one is not my gift. It is that, that other person's gift. It is the other person's gift. Now, I need to clarify at this point. There's the gift of diverse tongues. There's the gift of the spirit of diversity of tongues. What is this? It is the gift of the spirit that allows somebody to speak another language supernaturally. An earthly language. So they came here. They go to a place. They go to Spain. They have never spoken Spain in their lives. But God gives them a, a gift and they preach in Spanish. This is called the gift of diversity of tongues. This is not a prayer language. This is a gift to talk to people. This is a gift to talk to people. Not a gift to talk to God. The gift of tongues is not a gift to talk to people. It's a gift for talking to God. So the one for diversity of tongues... 
The one for prayer language is for talking to God. The one you want to pray for God to give you is the one for praying, not the one for preaching. Say I hear. Say I hear. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and sat upon each of them. Next verse. And they were all filled. How many of them? How many of them? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. How many of them spoke in tongues? How many of them? How many of them? So you can't sit here and say the Holy Spirit will come here and fill somebody and leave you. For what? You must also be filled. So I said, I say I must be filled. I must speak in tongues. It is my right. It is my portion. In Jesus' name. So they were all filled. So let nobody tell you this is for specific people and you don't qualify for some reason. You qualify. What qualifies you is that you are flesh. The Bible says God will pour out of his spirit upon all. Upon all. Are you flesh? You qualify. The only qualification you need is to be flesh. And you are flesh. You qualify to be filled. If you are flesh, you qualify to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So this, the gift of speaking in tongues, of diverse tongues, that God can give somebody in a congregation to pass a message. To do what? You see, I can pass a message of God as prophecy. Thus said the Lord. This, this, this will happen. This, this, this will happen. That is pro prophecy. Is that okay? Now, God can also give me that message in tongues. Is that okay? God can give me that message in tongues. I can come and tell you. I used to do that a lot when I was learning. I was making my first steps into the prophecy. I would first get the message in tongues. Then I would, I would interpret the tongues. So a message in tongues plus the interpretation of tongues is equal to prophecy. Is that fine? If you can't do the prophecy directly, you'll get the message in tongues and ask for interpretation so that the people can be edified. So I would come to you, somebody would rise, after you have worshipped, God will give somebody a message. And they would come and say, Then they say, thus said the Lord, I will do this, this, this. They interpret the tongues. Or if they don't interpret themselves, somebody else interprets that tongue. So that you people can get the message. Is that okay? Concerning this, the apostle Paul said, let there be two, at most three of such then let somebody interpret. Because if you have 24 of them and someone comes to interpret, how will you know which one they're interpreting? Am I talking? So you get one, get an interpreter. He says, if there's no interpreter, then let that person keep quiet with that message. Because if you speak that message in tongues and nobody interprets it, how will people understand what you're doing? 
Do you hear? But now, church members confuse this with the tongue prayer language. So they say, no, no, no. You know, one time we were doing live, eh? And somebody started quoting this scripture to me. See what Corinthians say. First Corinthians 14.27 says what? First Corinthians 14.27 says what? You must keep quiet immediately. Stop speaking in tongues. I say, please don't display your ignorance in public. Even if you're ignorant like this, won't you privatize it? Why are you displaying your stupidity for all to see? You don't understand scripture and you're coming to display it here. So Paul was talking about a message delivered to the church in tongues. He said, if anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at most three, each in turn and let one interpret. So if I come with a message that God has given me to somebody else and I come to them in tongues, if they don't get an interpretation, it will be like playing guitar to a goat. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in church and let him speak to himself and to God. Say here. So if I have a message in tongues and I come here and I have a message for somebody, say, you, stand up. And you stand up and say, and I go away. <laughs> what? <laughs> the person will be saying, what nonsense is this? I came to worship God. You see, But he says, let each one come in turn. So I give a message. I ask God for interpretation. If he doesn't give me, he will give somebody else. And somebody else will interpret to that person. So that that person is edified. They understand what we have talked about. Do you understand me? Am I making sense? So this type of tongues is not the same as your prayer language. The Bible says when you are praying in your prayer language, you are not talking to people. It says you are not talking to man, but you are talking to God. So nobody, it should be nobody's business what you are saying in your prayer language because it's, it's not them you are talking to. The Bible says, he who speaks in the spirit speaks not to man, but to God. No, it says, he who speaks in our spirit, in the spirit, who prays in the spirit, speaks not to man, but to, to God. So when we are here, we are lifting our hands, we are praying in the spirit. Somebody should not, and I don't understand what they are saying. What are they doing? They are just babbling about they are babbling about because you are not supposed to understand what they are saying. They are not speaking to you. They are speaking to who? To God. If they were speaking to you, it would be only one person or at most three and each would speak in tongues and they would be interpreted to you. But this is not your message. This is my conversation with my father. What is your own business? 1 Corinthians 14.2 says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. So if you come here and everybody is speaking in tongues and you don't understand, it is correct. You are not supposed to understand. The Bible says no one understands him. He said, what are they talking? Everybody is going, baby, 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 what is this? Especially first time visitors. They have come from First Baptist Church of Kenya. 
In there, they don't speak in tongues. Then they come here. They say, everybody, rah, rah, rah. The, the, the other one is taking the devil. Devil, I break you. The other corner, bring him here after you're broken him. Bring the pieces in this corner. They collect the pieces of the devil. I put you back together. And I'll break you myself. The person who was in Ibanage could have drama for each church. I don't understand what they're saying. Things were okay until that some one man came and said, everybody pray. Suddenly there was noise everywhere. Why? You are not supposed to understand. They are not speaking to you. They are speaking mysteries in the spirit. They are here. They are here. Now, the person speaking also doesn't understand himself. Somebody said, water, what are they? The Bible says, when I speak, when I pray in the spirit, my mind is unfruitful. My mind, in other words, my understanding does not get what I am saying. And this is not a bad thing, this is a good thing. Because most times your understanding gets in the way of you believing God. Your understanding gets in the way of you believing God. So God has devised a system called tongues that bypasses your understanding. So then you can pray according to the will of God. Say, understand now. Say, I understand now. So if you are a new visitor and you are praying and you don't know what you are saying, it is, it is supposed to be like that. But God knows what you are saying says, when I pray in the spirit, my mind is unfruitful. My mind is what? Unfruitful. First Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. It means my understanding is not getting, it's not getting anything. If you, need, if you want your understanding to get it, you must ask God for interpretation. Then he will interpret to you what you have just prayed. We'll end that teaching there. I will pick it up on next week.